we are now going to get started. Week four, Guardians of the Family series. And so in our first week, we talked about Achan and how Achan was an, a soldier in the Israelite army. Walls of Jericho came down, and uh, they went in there to attack the city. And Achan stole some things that he should not have. He buried them in his tent and uh, disobeyed the Lord with that. And um, we learned that an uh, invitation is more powerful than an invasion. He was so concerned about others maybe invading his family, invading his tent, and, uh, uh, but, but he was not really concerned about the invitation, what he is invited into his tent. And so sometimes the very things we try to guard against, we bring in. So we want to make sure, parents and students, we want to make sure that we're not bringing things into our home uh, with the invitation because they are more powerful than an invasion. Week two, we talked about the Maverick family, Elimelech and Naomi. They, their last name wasn't really Maverick, but they were known to be a Maverick, uh, be able to do things kind of on their own uh, outside of um, Israel. In fact, they were in Bethlehem. They left the Bethlehem, the, which means the house of bread. And even though uh, they, they were in Israel, they didn't trust that God would supply their need during a famine when everybody else was in the midst of the same famine. They said, you know what? We're going to take our family. It's tough times. And we're going to move away from God's country, move away from his people to a pagan country. And so that's what they did. And so uh, their two boys married uh, um, Moabite women, and, uh, which is against God's law. And so because of that, um, through, through, the, uh, through the years, God did not really honor them uh, with that. Now, obviously, later on in the story of Ruth, God did honor her as she turned her heart uh, to the Lord and uh, did not obey the idols of her country, Moab. But just like this Maverick family, Elimelech and Naomi, oftentimes believers, Christians, when hard times come, they sort of, hey, we're, we're, we're going to maverick this a little bit. We're going to do this on our own, whether it be embarrassing situations or come upon hard times or whatever. And so they get away from the church, and um, really the church is filled with guardians. You're not the only guardian in your family. You and your spouse, or if you're a single mom or single dad, you're not the only guardian that God has given your children. Look around you. There are guardians here, right here to help you. And moving away from the house of bread, God's church, where his provisions are there for you, um, it's, you're moving away from extra guardians. And we found out that true guardians of the family are not mavericks who do things on their own when times get tough. They surround themselves with other guardians in the church. Last week, we looked at the first line of defense, and it was about the marriage. So before you can guard your family, You've got to guard your marriage. Now, I know some people here today, we've got some single moms and single dads, and we got some people who are, 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 you know, never been married, and hopefully, eventually, one day will. So when that time happens, when that time comes, you can um, instill the same principles of a married couple in the fact that when you are married, you are united before God. God's word says you two become one. Everybody say one. Good. You become one flesh. And then God taught Jesus his very own words and said, I want you to love me with all that you are, with your heart, soul, mind, strength, to love your neighbor as yourself. And we talked last week about how that encompasses the whole person, the whole being of who we are. 
emotionally, physically, mentally, socially, all of those things. And so if we add those two biblical principles, we see this. As a couple, which should be one, we should have one unified front of loving God. Loving God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. And I love to see both a husband and, and, and wife together in church. I know, I know we don't have um, that 100%. There are actually some husbands who are, who are working or out of town or maybe some, some wives who couldn't be here today or whatever. But I, I do know this. When, when both husband and wife come to church, when both mother and father come to church, it is a unified front of saying, hey, we are going to do everything we can to love Jesus, fall in love with him. And your kids will see that, and that will be a unified front. Because if you're not united, then you are divided. Once your kids see your passionate and unified love for God as a main reason for guarding your family, then they will see the integrity of your mission and respect your decision. And so today, I want to focus on uh, something that, I'm going to be honest, I started to go in one direction, and God stopped me in my tracks. And it was like a mind-blowing kind of, oh, wow, that's, that's really cool. And it ended up being a sermon that God spoke to me, and it was really for me. And you just get to listen to me preach to myself. <laughs> and I hope that you get something from this. And I really do believe you will. Now, you, you could have your copy of God's Word. So there's several ways of having copy. You got your, have your copy of God's Word. We're going to be in, in, in Proverbs um, with a couple of passages there. And uh, Proverbs chapter 4. But you also have your, your digital copy of God's Word. And we do have an app. And so you probably see on the screen. You probably got this um, as well. So you can, we would encourage you to download our church app. Even if you're listening online, you're listening online, we'd love for you to download um, our app. So what you do is you uh, visit your mobile app store and you search for the word, uh, the app, Tidely Church App. And you choose the, um, the blue one there. I think there's a green one and a blue one. You choose a, the blue one. And then after you download it and install it, you search for Lake Point uh, Church. And then through that process, you can actually make the icon, uh, our Lake Point Church icon, of our arrow um, inside of a circle. And so that'll be on your home screen. And so the reason I bring that up is because it's really a way that we can connect with one another because we can uh, share prayer requests. And we invite you, we, even during this service, you have a prayer request, we encourage you to submit that. You just hit prayer wall and you can um, submit that. And there uh, are actually people, there's actually a prayer coordinator in our church that will take that information and give it to our prayer team. Plus, anybody that has the app can look on here and pray. And we encourage everyone, periodically, maybe once a day, a few times a week, look at that prayer wall and pray for others. We gotta lift one another in prayer. Now, you can still pray uh, and submit prayer requests uh, by submitting those on, on a connection card or, or letting us know a connection point. We want to do everything we can to get your prayer requests here. But on this app, on the bottom right, you hit the word more, and then you go to notes. And then with the uh, notes, you'll see Guardians of the Family, Volume 4, which is today's sermon. Uh, today, we actually put uh, some fill-in-the-blank stuff in there. So uh, kind of make it even um, uh, more uh, interactive. And so 
we encourage you to use the church app. And we're gonna use um, one part of the church app, of course, the notes, but obviously God's word in uh, Proverbs chapter four. But before we get going on, on God's scripture, I do wanna say, remind you, that today is, is Groundhog Day. And so in uh, Punxsutawney, uh, we had uh, Punxsutawney Phil, the groundhog. He came out this morning, and uh, he was not afraid of his shadow, even though there were 10,000 people there, and they were all were quiet and stuff. But he came out, and he was not afraid of his shadow. And so we have an early spring. Of course, you can, you can come out today in Georgia, and you can see that for yourself. I mean, Georgia is, I mean, it feels like spring uh, today and, and this weekend. And so we have uh, early spring. And, um, but, but poor Phil, if, if he did not, um, if he did, if he did see his shadow and he was afraid that he would come back into his burrow and he would stay there and he would be in that cold, dark burrow until it was time for him to come out. Of course, people say you got six more weeks of winter. And so it is just kind of be a, a sort of a cycle uh, thing. And it's almost like the, um, the movie Groundhog Day. You may have seen that movie um, starring Bill Murray. Um, I don't know about you, but it seems like our family, our life is sort of like Groundhog Day. And the fact that this, we say the same things over and over again, and we, um, when we say the same things over and over again, it's like we're living the day over again. And it's like, are, are they getting this? Are they getting this? It's, it's like a Groundhog Day, much like um, the, um, the movie. And in this, uh, in this movie, we actually see um, uh, this character played by Bill Murray. He, he goes to this town, and he uh, experiences the same day over and over again. And when he, when he started this, he was really just an old, just a grumpy man, just not a good heart, and just bitter and frustrated and everything. And really kind of by the, the end of this sort of journey of experiencing every day over and over again, we see sort of a different person. In fact, we have a movie clip that I want to show you of Groundhog Day. So watch this. When Chekhov saw the long winter, he saw a winter bleak and dark and bereft of hope. Yet we know that winter is just another step in the cycle of life. But standing here among the people of Punxsutawney and basking in the warmth of their hearths and hearts, I couldn't imagine a better fate than a long and lustrous winter. From Punxsutawney, it's Phil Connors. So long. Nice speech, Bill. Thank you. Thanks. How was that for you, too? Hey, man. You touched me. Thanks, Larry. Thank you. I gotta go. Okay? Phil, mm. that was surprising. I didn't know you were so versatile. I surprise myself sometimes. Well, where are you going? Would you like to get a cup of coffee? I'd love to. Can I have a rain check? I've got some errands I've got to run. Okay? Phil, Aaron, Aaron's, what errands? I thought we were going back. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? You little brat. You have never thanked me. 
I'll see you tomorrow. Maybe. Ma'am, I had the tie around the jack. Just be comfortable, all right? Give you a minute. Yeah. Like from the motor club. So you have this character played by Bill Murray who realizes that every day things are happening, and he learns, and he goes around saving people and helping people. Suzanne and I would love to see that in our house. Our kids pick up on those things, and then they just kind of learn from it, and, they, and there's a few t things that they learn that they pick up, but around our house, it just seems like it's, it's Groundhog Day over and over and over again. And so when I started to think about this message in this, in this uh, particular series, it's, it's all about guarding your kids against the things that are coming into this world. And so... Whenever um, I was preparing for this, I was thinking, well, this is, this is going to be a piece of cake. Man, because I'm, I'm really good at this. I mean, I've, I've got things set up in my house. I've got, I've got internet filters. You know, you setting up internet filters in the home? Yep, I'm an expert. Tracking where the kids are? Yeah, you bet. I can track where the kids are. In fact, I've broken up major parties because I've tracked where the kids are. Remotely shutting off the internet on individual computers and devices, yeah, I could do that right now with the touch of a button. Viewing what's happening in my home through cameras placed in strategic places, I could show you that right now. Checking on conversations and posts on Instagram and Snapchat, yes, we have their logins, and yes, kids, we have blocked certain friends from your Instagram. They were like, hmm, I don't like that person. You know, we feel like we, we do a really good job at that. But we still have Groundhog Day. We still have Groundhog Day over and over and over again. And it's like they're not learning the lesson that, that this character played by Bill Murray learned in the fact that, you know what? I see these patterns that keep happening, and I can... I can learn from this, and I could do something good about it. You know, maybe I could learn from this. I can obey my parents. I could make better grades. I could have, I could have a better attitude. You name it. And so you're probably thinking the very same thing. And so I was, I was thinking, man, I, I'm just going to spend a whole sermon talking about how you could set up different devices. Man, this, is, this excites me. And the Holy Spirit stopped me in my tracks. It's like, no, we're not going to go there. I'll tell you what the Holy Spirit said to me. Here's, here's what God told me. He says this, teach them to love me. You don't guard your kids with all these rules and devices. You guard your kids by showing them how much I love them so they may fall in love with the more they desire me, the less they will desire the things of this world. 
I was like, okay. Yes, I actually see that. And I was like, I was disappointed. I wanted to bring all kinds of gadgets up here and, and, and have a, a, a session on, on how you can guard your kids against things of this world and share all of my profound knowledge and experience. But no, I have to stand up here and tell you how we are really not doing the best job we can to put our kids in position to fall in love with Jesus. And so really, that's the best way to guard your kids. That's the best way to guard your kids. And I'll be, I'm, I'm explaining that a little bit more as we get on to this. So, and the reason why, the reason why that guards your heart, that guards your kids is because it's about the heart. We see this in Matthew 15, 19, just one verse. It says this, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. From out of the heart comes those things. In Proverbs chapter four, verse 20 through 23, this be, be the text we'll, we'll focus on today. It says, my son, you can put daughter in there as well. Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. The best way to guard your heart your kid's heart is to fill their, is to get their hearts filled with Jesus. Now, that's something that you and I can't do. We cannot make that decision for them. And even if they, after they made the decision, we cannot live their life for them. But what we can do, we can set them in, into position to where they can fall in love with Jesus and get to know him. The obedience of your kids falls apart because of what is in their heart. The obedience of your kids will always fall apart because of what is in their heart or who is not in their heart. The more Jesus that keep in their heart, then the less room they have for the desires of this world. Your kids, my kids, will be better guarded because they love Jesus and want to please him, not because of some rules you dish out as parents. It's not about the rules. No, you need to have rules. But it's not the focus. The focus is helping our kids fall in love with Jesus. And that will help guard their heart. If we only focus telling them what not to do, then we hit it every time. Susanna and I are always correcting. Don't do this. Don't do this. Get off the computer. Don't. I mean, or or, or telling them, you know, thing, reminding them the things that they they have to do. You got to do the dishes. You got to do this. I mean, it's like Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day. You know. And so we, if we focus on the things that they're not supposed to do, then we hit it every time. For example, our daughter Marion. Um, we. Uh, we went sledding one time as a family, and it was several years ago. 
And um, it was a lot of snow on the ground, and there's a couple of hills in your Harley, so we were able to kind of maneuver our car over there and, and uh, sled down the hill in your Harley. And there's, in this hill, there's a tree. And, and uh, so we weren't sledding by the tree, obviously, because we don't want to hit the tree. We're, we're sledding kind of over the other direction. And so we put Marion on this sled, and she, she laid face down and like this, and she was ready to go. And so we pointed her sled just down the hill away from the tree. But what we said was this over and over again. Marion, whatever you do, don't hit the tree. See that tree right there? Don't hit that tree. You're, you're going here. That tree, don't hit it. Do you understand me? Repeat after me. Don't hit the tree. Okay. What did she do? She hit the tree. Why? Because it was the only thing she was focused on. It was the only thing she was focused on. Because we kept repeating it. We focused on the tree. We didn't focus on the fun she would have riding down the hill, sliding down the hill, and getting down there, and the thrill of that. It says she hits a tree, almost knocks herself out, puts a, puts a hole, not a hole, but a, a knot in her head, and so she didn't really have a great experience, but she definitely learned a valuable lesson, and so did we. We learned the fact that if we put all the focus on what not to do rather than the focus on how you can enjoy sledding and how you could enjoy the things that, that God has given you, then they will hit the tree every time. We don't want to point our kids to the trees. We want to point them to the one who created the trees. So we need to point them to Jesus, to fall in love with him. The more Jesus they keep in their heart, then the less room they have for the desires of this world. So what are some ways you and I can help our kids fall in love with Jesus? Number one, I've got five of them. They're on the app. You can actually fill in the blanks, okay? You don't have to use the app, but it's pretty cool. Or you can follow along with the screen or write these down. Number one, share your salvation story. Again, this is all about putting your kids in a position to fall in love with Jesus. You can't make them, but you can put them in a position for this. Share your salvation story. You know, our kids know the story of when I asked Suzanne to marry me. It's a great story. I've shared it with you. You know, I'm not going to really take time to do that right now, but I've shared this with our kids. Our kids know exactly pretty much what happened in that engagement proposal. Now, we didn't videotape it like y'all do now, millennials, you know, and go off on, you know, all these things that y'all do. I mean, I mean, we'd love to have done that, but, you know, obviously they just, we just didn't have the technology. But... So our kids know what that story is. But can I tell you something? They really don't know my salvation story. They know how I met their mom, but they don't know how I met Jesus. And that's not good. That's not good. In fact, sometime this week, I need to sit down with them and just share, the, share with them how I came to Jesus. I was six years old, and I remember that experience. I remember, I, I remember the smells in that small country church. 
on a Sunday night, walking the aisle. And I, when I got to the aisle, I was crying. And, and there's more to the story I can tell, but, but it's not just a salvation story. It's the, it's the walk. It's my Christian walk, the struggles I've had, and, and all of those things, the, the fears, the triumphs, everything that encompasses my story, it helped me to fall in love with Jesus more. Suzanne and I have been through lots of things together, and that is our marriage story, and because of that, we have grown stronger together. We've fallen more in love together because we have done it together. We have had those experiences together, and my kids know several of those stories. You may know several of those stories, but my kids don't know many of the stories of my testimony. But my kids, Tell me my testimony. I don't think they could tell me. Parents, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a story to tell. You have a salvation experience. Now, some of you are like, hmm, I don't want my kids to know everything I've done. <laughs> I understand. And there might be some things you may want to protect your ears of, you know, leave out. Maybe, it, when, maybe for another day when they get older and they face some of the same things that you face. But listen, the reason why it's important for you to share your salvation story is because it shows that your salvation story had a beginning. Y'all listen to me. Your salvation story has a beginning. You are born a believer. And it's important for your kids to know that their salvation story has a beginning. And your salvation story has struggles. It has ups and downs. And guess what? Their salvation story is going to have ups and downs. When your kids, and you may, not, you may not know all the struggles they face spiritually, when they have those down moments, it will be great to know, you know, I'm having this really down moment, but man, my mom or my dad, I remember them telling me their story, and they've had some, some bad moments as well, but look at them now. I can make this through power of Jesus Christ. And when you share your salvation story and your testimony, it will encourage them to share their salvation story and their testimony to friends, and they share it with others, and it emboldens their faith. It emboldens their walk of faith, and it helps to equip them to defend their faith. So number one, share your salvation story. Number two, second way that you and I could help set up our kids to fall in love with Jesus. Remember, that's the ultimate guardian, okay? There's nothing you could do better than Jesus, and let Jesus be the guardian. For him to fill their hearts. Number two, make room for Jesus in your empty space. Spaces. Make room for Jesus in your empty spaces. You know, there's lots of spaces in your day that you can make room for Jesus. The, the three big, biggest times, I think, the three best times, I think it's drive time, dinner time, and dream time. Bedtime. Drive time, dinner time, and dream time. Drive time, you're in the car. Okay, there's opportunities. We, we don't do this as much because we actually have a bus that comes picks up our kids out. But there was a, there was a time we would, we would play scripture 
uh, from the Bible app, and you could just have an audio, and you play it through the sound system, and, and, and we would uh, listen to a proverb, one proverb a day. So you have that drive time. You don't have to do that. You could talk about those, those spiritual moments of that. You know, there, and, and, and I need to do better at this. Many times I'll get a phone call, or I'll make a phone call while I'm driving, and there's a kid in the car. That's wasted, that's wasted time. I'm in a car with one, maybe two of my kids. What a great opportunity to use that time. That's called empty space to bring in Jesus. Dinner time. Did you know that the Bible app has devotionals that are video-based, that are short? You look in the Bible app, you just do a search for family devotionals. We did one the other night. Short video, one scripture, great quality. Had it on my phone, put it there. We all watched it. We all talked about it. We did that during dinner. That's empty space. That's empty space time. And of course, dream time or, or bedtime of, of, of praying. Suzanne and I were talking the other day. We used to pray with our kids a lot. I guess you have this sort of, this idea that, you know, you pray with your, your, your little kids when they're, you know, when they're in elementary school, preschool, it's all cute and everything, and, you know, I mean, our kids are good looking and cute and stuff, but I don't know, it's just, it's a little different, but that, that shouldn't be a reason why we couldn't pray with them. We need to pray with them more often, as they could, <laughs> and I think one reason is because we're just like, we're done with them. <laughs> you know, they're teenagers, right? We're like, okay, just go to bed, right? Just don't burn the house down, just go to bed. So... When you, when you fill up the empty space, you're also teaching your kids not to compartmentalize God. You're teaching your kids not to keep God in this room on Sundays or in those rooms back there on Wednesdays, and then that's it. You're teaching your kids, hey, we're going to bring God into all the empty spaces of our day. It will help set them up to fall in love with Jesus more. You can't fall in love with Jesus if you only meet with him once a week. Okay, parents, the same with you. You can't depend on just this Sunday morning for you to fall in love with Jesus. I would, I would not show my love to my wife and I only talk to her once a week. So, fill up the empty spaces. Number three, identify bad choices as sin. Identify bad choices as sin. And you say, well, why is that? How can that help someone to fall in love with Jesus more? Here's the reason why. Your kids are going to sin, okay? If they are a believer in Christ, and even if they aren't a believer in Christ, this is, can lead them to that, you need to teach your kids that their actions, their bad choices are sin, and that they can confess that sin. They could take that sin, and they can give it to Jesus. Y'all, you don't, you don't understand, you may, you may understand, but I, I want to make sure you understand the, the, the huge impact of this principle. There are kids in our schools who are carrying way too much load of guilt and shame because of the things they've done, and they have nowhere to give it to. That's why kids have, kids are walking with a mis 
identity or confusion of who they are? They do. Oh, I don't know if I'm a guy or a girl. Or whatever. Man, you're who God created you to be. You're, you, you need to love Jesus. And yes, all of that, and suicide rate, all of those things, is because of the weight of guilt and shame, and they become, almost they become that person because they can't get rid of it. Only Jesus can take their sin away, can take that away from them. Teach your kids to confess their sin and to tell them this, hey, that's not you. You made a bad mistake, but that is not you. God did not make you like that, and so we need you just confess the sin, walk them through that, and move on. That will help them to understand and experience something that is so powerful. It's called the grace of God. When, when someone experiences the grace of God in a way that's a waterfall crashing over them, there's nothing better that they could do than to fall in love with the one who's given them that grace. Because they are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me, for taking my guilt, taking my shame. Thank you, Jesus. And if you don't have the opportunity, if you don't teach them how to confess that sin, they're going to keep it, they're going to hide it. Does that make sense? Teach them to confess their sin. Number four, help choose their friends. Help choose their friends. Um, do you know where they, where they choose their friends? Your kids, do you know where they choose their friends? The friends are chosen from the group from which they hang out with the most. Yeah. And obviously, you can't walk down the hall of school and guide them with friends, but there are things that you can do, parents, to set them up to where they are around friends that live their life trying to please the Lord. Now, every kid is going to make mistakes, but at least you know they're heading in the right directions. You know, the, the leadership phrase, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future, is so true. And parents, can I tell you something? Your kids' friends are more powerful than you. Your kids' friends are more powerful than you. It's the truth. So if you want the most influential group of people to help guard the hearts and help them fall in love with Jesus, help them hang out, set them up to where they are around people that want to do the same thing. They want to follow Jesus. That's what we do here on Sunday morning, Wednesday nights. We have, we have a navigators group for our young kids. You know what they're doing? They're navigating through God's word. They're learning God's word. They're doing stuff on Wednesday nights that they really can't totally get into on Sunday morning, but Wednesday nights, they are in God's word. They're navigating it, and they're getting to know one another, and they're falling in love with God's word. Our students are connecting with one another. Just last Wednesday, they were hanging, hanging out at Lake Point Station Bowling Alley, had a great large group, and they were, they were having an awesome time of fellowship. But they also meet here on Wednesday nights, and, and they open up God's word, and, 
and they fall in love with Jesus and they do things together. If you want to set up your kids and help choose their friends, help them go be around people who want to do the same thing. You know, and, and in my story, I, I could be a totally different person. And I'm telling you right now, I will be, would be a totally different person today if I had different friends in high school. My mom made me go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night. Remember Sunday night church? Okay, parents? Okay. Wednesday night. Guess what we did? We hung out together. The youth group. The youth group introduced me to Christian music. Changed my life. Christian music in the 80s. It's awesome. It changed my life. It discipled me. It did. It discipled me. And I had friends that walked with me. And, and, and I remember, in fact, just yesterday, I was, I was going to Spotify, and I found, uh, I found an album that I'd listened to in the 80s, and I was like, I forgot how much I loved this album. And I knew almost every word of every song, and I was listening to it. And it made me reminisce about the time that we would hang out in the parking lot with the car doors open, listening to songs like this to where we, we would just hang out at the pizza parlor, after Sunday night church, every Sunday night church, we would hang out, we would fellowship, and those friends helped me to fall in love with Jesus. It wasn't my youth pastor, yeah, he was a part of it. It wasn't my parents, it wasn't my brother, it wasn't my teachers, my coaches, it was my friends. You know why? because they were more powerful than any of those other people. Students, you want to you fall in love with Jesus? You need to hang around other kids who want to do the same thing. You do. You want to hang around people who want the same thing. So, you want to help choose your friends. And the last point, you want to raise God-pleasers. Don't train your kids to please you through obedience. Parents, I'm going to say that again. Don't train your kids to please you through obedience. You'll, you'll just live Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day, every day. Teach them to please God through their love of Jesus and obedience to him. Teaching them the value and importance of pleasing the Lord is much more powerful than trying to please you. Because here's the reason why. Parents, listen up. One day, you're not going to be with them. Yep, one day, you're not going to be with them. We got, we got kids right now. I got, I got two kids. Right now, uh, Susanna and I have two kids right now that aren't with us right now. They're, they're kind of living life. Okay, I can't, I mean, I, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to parent them in a way as if they're, they're home, you know? And so one day, you won't be there as they make a life of their own. But you know what? Guess what? Guess who will be there? Jesus. Jesus. He will be there. 
And so if you, if you guard your, your, your kids so much with all these things and to teach them to obey you, one day they're gone and they don't know what to do. But if you teach them right now to fall in love with Jesus, that same Jesus is there when they go on and become adults. Parents, there will be a time when you are there and you're not able to filter what comes before their eyes. There will come a time when you will not be able to monitor their playlist. So your goal is to raise kids who love Jesus so much that a world with no filters will not cause them to stray. You may set up filters, but it's why are you setting up those filters? By the way, you may set up filters, they're going to find a way around it. I guarantee it happens in our house. They figure out a way. And so, we need to do our best to teach our kids why they should follow a life of righteousness and holiness because of Jesus who they love and who they please. You want to raise God pleasers, not man pleasers. You want your kids to obey and to please the Lord, not to please you. Students, how do you know if you're a man pleaser and not a God pleaser? When you're more consumed about the number of likes, shares, and comments of a social media post than you are about the many likes, shares, and comments about you written in God's word, then you are living to please people and not God. You know, there's students, you have, you have a ton of likes, you have a ton of shares, you have a ton of comments, you have a ton of attaboy, girl, right here in God's word. It's better than any Instagram, better than any Snapchat, right here. And when you are more concerned about what God thinks of you than man, mankind, and the world, your friends, you will live a life of pleasing the Lord. So when you want to obey your parents, students, don't, don't obey your parents because you just need to obey them, okay? Just because you just need to please them. Don't please them. It's deeper than that. Please the Lord. Please God. Please Jesus who lives inside you. Please him, not your parents. So do everything you can to get to know and fall in love with the one who gave his life for you. Stop staying in a cold burrow like a groundhog. Stop staying in that cold burrow like a groundhog. Get out. Don't be afraid. You know why you're still stuck doing the same thing, students? Because you're afraid of your own shadow. You're afraid of who you're becoming. You're afraid of the person you might, you're, you're 
slowly but surely becoming because the friends you're hanging around, because of unconfessed sin in your life. And so you're afraid of yourself like Phil the groundhog. So he's going to go back inside and just repeat the cycle. Don't look at your shadow. Don't look at yourself. Look at Jesus and look at all the people in your life that are there ready for you. Trust me. There are people in your life, students, who they, they don't want six more weeks of, of winter for you. They're ready for you to get out. They're ready for you to break through. And you can do that. There are people in your life, youth ministers, parents, coaches, people in your life who are ready and they're cheering you on and they want you to stop being afraid and just fall in love with Jesus. Stop looking at yourself. Look to the cross. Look to Jesus. Get into his word. Pray. Hang around other people who want to do the same thing. And parents, you want to guard your kids? I mean, I'm not saying you can't set up certain filters. That's wise. But don't let that be the focus. We've let that be the focus in the Bennett house. And that's going to change. I got convicted of that this week. I started passing out a couple of books to some my kids' devotionals, and I've got more to pass out. Trying to figure out, okay, and every kid's different. How can I put them in a position to fall in love with Jesus? That is the ultimate guardian. Jesus is the ultimate guardian for your kids.